following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I don't smell like bacon, do I? Can you skin Is that me? what that is? Serious? Yeah. God damn it. Man, I can't cook. I was like, why am I getting hungry? No, like, serious. Can you really? Oh, yeah, smell? yeah, I can. I can. My wife wanted to make BLTs for dinner. Uh-huh. Okay. There's every member of the family except her that doesn't like a specific thing on a BLT. My oldest doesn't like mayo. I don't like tomatoes. And my youngest doesn't like tomatoes. But we're all having BLTs because you know who likes BLTs? She does. Mm -hmm. So I'm in charge of cooking the bacon. I have never gotten more bacon grease splatter in my life. Like, I'm surprised you can't see, like, the dots on my arms. It's unbelievable. And then, like, I I went outside to get the dog and then I came back in and there's just a cloud of bacon grease smoke in the house. I don't know. I don't know if I'm doing it wrong can't do it wrong it's bacon do you cook bacon in the oven when was the last time you had bacon uh that i made myself yeah. uh i don't know a week ago do you cook it in the pan oh yeah 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 i know my you i've cooked it in the oven i like it better in the pan that's where i that's where i'm at yeah but i, I had it splash all over me and now the house i guarantee i'm gonna get home in an hour and a half and the place is still gonna smell like bacon so i'm sorry if i <laughs> I, if I am making you hungry. Well, if I get up and walk out, it's just because I'm hungry. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm yeah. going to go get a snack. Yeah. This is the intentional foul. That's a good way to start. Uh, we are back after a couple of weeks. Uh, off last week because I had a little cold coronavirus test negative. I better back up my seat here. And huh? I, well, I'm going to wear my brand new sun drop mask that my dad just bought nice. me, even though I had haven't had a sun drop since February of 2019. Wow. I think. Something like that. I wasn't sure you were going to be able to hang on to that one. Nice yeah, time. I mean, because oh, there was a couple of winners there where I stopped at gas stations to and from. Did <laughs> you raise your eyeballs? Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little quick trip action, uh, a little stopping on the way home from that's games. Right. Yeah. So uh, back and, uh, as uh, Mike Greenberg used to say, back and better than ever, if we were ever any good. Uh, I'm Josh. He's Dan, the lover of back-to-school pictures, Right. The lover of Halloween I, candy, no, giving that the, out, and back-to-school pictures. I don't have a problem with the back-to-school pictures. I just quite, these these signs. That's right. That, like what grade you're yeah. in, what your name is, what you, uh, what's your teacher's name, and then what are you going to be? Yeah, that the, these freaking parents now make their kids, humiliate yes. their kids not, by making no. them hold these things up. Why are they My humiliated? question is... Do you buy them at the store or do you make them? I think my wife ordered ours online. Okay, so yes. you actually spend money on these. Yes, things. people spend money on wow some 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 different kinds of things. I mean, look at your memorabilia in this room. People would question that. This is not when they see the value of it. There's no value in that thing that you paid money for. Can't put a price tag on memories. That's yeah, what can. they will say. They're worth well, nothing because well, they die with you. Stop it. All right, that's fine. I. Saw that I was like, "Wow, this is one of these days it's, that it was, it was where you of, hate social no, media." I actually, I didn't even know this. I like school. Well, you don't has started like eight different days. That's true. I don't know. Yep. 
but it's just one more thing that makes me very, very happy that I'm not I, that I'm 39 and not nine. This generation for having to hold that. This generation, yeesh. <laughs> good luck. All right. All right. Good luck having your face everywhere on the internet for, well, that's, for, well, the, that's end, about, for the end of time. That's about right. Um, speaking of things that are fun, sports and politics, we'll mix those right out of the gate uh, here on the intentional foul. We'll go over the uh, the well, NBA. Yeah, well, go, before go we, ahead. Before we go, I don't sure. mean to out anybody here, uh-huh. but you put your your daughter's pictures on. I did today, not, or your wife did. I'm yes, sorry. That, that's right. And uh, I saw your youngest wants to be a dog groomer, Correct. and your oldest wants to be a hairdresser. Correct. And I say this with all due respect because my grandmother was a hairdresser. We got to come up with some more high paying jobs. <laughs> come so, on, man. That's what the kids want to do when go. they're high. She wanted, or my oldest wanted to be, the first time we did this, she wanted to be a police officer. Now, how's that looking? Yeah. That's right. So I think she's got, and she doesn't obviously know what's happening as far as the real intricacies of, you know, uh, police brutality or whatever you want to, however you want to classify it. Um, if she did, I don't know whether the, she'd be pushed towards it or away from it, but she has just found something else that she apparently wants to do. And my youngest just loves animals. Sure. I'm just, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm totally get what you're saying. It. Yeah. So because if she wanted to be a cowgirl <laughs> one year, I don't even know what that pays if they're, oh, if they're man. professionals. I don't know. Um, so we're, we're all of it. I mean, I mean, what did we want to be when we, didn't we want to be professional athletes much. or astronauts I or firemen do. or something like that? Yeah. You yeah. know what? Whatever I am now, I didn't wish that. Correct. Yeah, that's that, that's about. That, right. That's what I would so say. So I, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm guessing they won't be either of those things when they grow. Although my youngest might. She's going to move away to some country and never be heard from again. That's just how she's going to live life. <laughs> I just. That's. She's going to be a free spirit. She's going to check in like once every six months. I'm alive. Life's good. Talk to you soon. Nice. That's going to be it. All right, so we'll uh, we'll touch on the uh, the NBA playoff scene. Bucks are in the hole to start with. Um, Brewers are hanging around, I guess. They did some trading, and then the NFL next week is game week. We'll touch on some Packers stuff, some Bears stuff as well, and then what the hell, as you put it eloquently, is going on in the Big Ten. I don't think anybody in the Big Ten no. even knows what's going on inside the Big Ten. So last week was probably a good week uh, week to take off, considering everything that happened with uh, sports and the political world, because things mixed very much. It started with the NBA, um, then Major League Baseball as well, and you had another excellent LeBron take, as you normally do, because I love listening to you rail about LeBron. But, I don't even remember what it was right now. But. Oh, it was just something that, that that was LeBron hate that I really liked because... He, oh, it was the thing that Stephen A. Smith reported. Yes. That's what it was, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So we'll get to that, but it started with the Bucks basically not showing up for their Game 5 against the Magic, pushing things back, and then the entire sports world pretty much followed suit. The NHL was the last to get on the bandwagon when they canceled two days mm-hmm. while they were in their Canadian hub cities. Um... But, I mean, you and I talked about it during the week. There was obviously no shortage of news on it on all the national shows and channels and all the talking heads and stuff, and um, it seems like we're relatively back to a normal schedule right now after that whole thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just bizarre, really. I mean, I, I had read some stuff, I think, last Monday 
that the Raptors and the Celtics had been having some conversations about what to do because their series was about to start on, uh, let's see, on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately for them, they didn't have the opportunity to not show up for a game, so it fell to the next team playing, which ended up being the Bucks. even though um, they did play games Monday and Tuesday night. Um, the, uh, LeBron played in one of those games as well, um, but the Bucks decided, sounded like very late uh, in the day before the game. The game was at 3. George Hill apparently had gone to Budenholzer earlier in the day and said he wasn't going to play. Um, they did not tell everybody that until pretty much game time because a lot of the Bucks were dressed and ready to go. But they didn't have shoot around. I thought it was Giannis and one other player yep. who were out way beforehand. Yep. But a lot, a lot of guys were, you know, dressed, half dressed. You know, get, they were preparing for the game, and then it, George. They they said Hill wasn't going to play, and I guess then Sterling Brown, you know, with his history, right. decided he wasn't then going to play, and. The rest of the team just kind of fell in line with that, kind of what Giannis said. They just wanted to support those guys. Um, and then that kind of laid the groundwork for what happened with the next two days of, of not playing games. Uh, they need to stop calling it a boycott. It's not a boycott. It's not what a boycott is. Uh, a boycott would be the players would be trying to hurt the NBA by not playing, which obviously was not their intention. Um, it was a walkout or a strike, yeah. essentially, is what it was. Um, anytime the employee goes to the employer with a list of demands, that's pretty much a strike. Um, you know, they, to their credit, they kind of knew they had the owners over a barrel right now. Um, but at the same time, um, they're not going anywhere. This talk of ending the season was very comical to me considering who it was coming from, which was LeBron James. Um, they they had a meeting Wednesday night, a players meeting, uh, and and the coaches were there for a while. They ended up kicking the coaches out of the meeting, and um, you know they had to make a decision kind of on what they were going to do. The two Los Angeles teams were the two teams that voted to end the season, and then they got up and left. Um, LeBron got up and left. It sounded like he did not come off well this weekend in the meetings with the other players. Uh, he was big timing guys a lot talking about um, he needed to take, you know, think about the people under him, which from what I've heard and read really rubbed kind of the 25 and under generation the wrong way. You know, it's it's easy for LeBron, who's made $500 million in his career to take his ball and go home. But, you know, some of these guys, um, like you think of like a Frank Mason on the Bucks, who's making, I don't know, 500 grand this year. You're asking him to give up, you know, playoff money, potentially championship money, and all the things that come with that. Like that's that's a lot to ask of people. And when you get 250 guys in a room, you're not going to have the same opinion. But um, it sounded like LeBron kind of made an ass out of himself. He was one of the guys, and there there were a few teams that were upset with the Bucks for um, the Bucks. Really unilaterally made this decision. They didn't tell Orlando before the game. Um, they didn't talk to any other teams when they did it. It it kind of just happened, as they said, organically. And that pissed some people off, including LeBron, because if you know anything about that dude, if somebody's going to do that, he wants to be involved. Making the statement. Yes. So were the teams then, because I, I 
I, I tried not to read too much into it because you get a lot of emotion wrapped up. You can't separate facts from opinion in in a lot of this stuff. And, I, I mean, when stuff is running so high, I just try to uh, avoid some of it. Um, and I just really want the basics. Were the other teams then upset at the Bucks because they were put in a position by Milwaukee where they either had to stand with them or against them and go play and get their paychecks? Or I guess how, then why would they be mad? Or is it just a lack of communication? Well, I think it was the the lack of communication was the, what made the other teams upset. But, you know, like Oklahoma City and Houston were supposed to play the game right after. So by the Bucks in Orlando deciding to not play, or the Bucks deciding to not play, the other two teams can't really go out and play then. And then later that night was going to be L.A. and Portland. They really couldn't play. Then you had two games the next day. They really can't play. So everybody had to have their opportunity to quote-unquote walk out. So it, it, I understand that it puts some teams in a bad position. I also, you know, look, we talked about it a little bit in the moment when it was happening last Wednesday. And if they don't want to play, don't play. If George Hill doesn't want to play and he wants to go home, see ya. Go home. If you want to go home and be an activist, you want to do something for your community, by all means, my hat's off to you. Go do it. But if you're going to be there, and that's a little bit into what we'll talk about with game one with the Bucks. If you're going to be there, then God damn it, be there. You know, and be there for the right reasons. You, you know, you can do both. You can make whatever kind of protest or mark on society you want to make while also doing your job. Because at the end of the day, look, people like to call it a game. It's their job. These men are all employed. The coaches, the trainers, everybody. So um, I'm not sure it had the it accomplished what they were hoping. I've heard a lot of people trying to spin it in the direction of it being a win for the players. I think it was definitely, they definitely won Twitter on well, Wednesday. That's for sure. And for a lot of those guys, because that is a very young league, and Twitter and social media is very important to a lot of these guys for a number of different reasons, that's a big deal for them. For the for the other 300 million people in this country that aren't on Twitter, we nobody knew or cared that they won Twitter. Um, you know, going in and, and trying to make some demands with ownership to use their influence to help along policy in certain states. I don't know that many of these owners can do that. I think that's kind of that that's a tough ask. And and the owners I heard some reports felt they didn't really know what to do because they've already pledged a ton of money going into the bubble. They've they've allowed the Black Lives Matter on the court. They did the stuff on the jerseys. They've gave these guys the opportunity after games to talk about whatever they've wanted to. I think the owners were kind of like, man, like what else can we do? So you've seen in a couple states they're going to open up the arenas for some voting Voting, stuff. Yeah, some polling places. Um, I did read that that's not going to happen in every single state because some states already have that assigned. Um, and they're not going to move it at the last minute. So I, I don't know, man. At the end of the day, they sat out for two days. They came back and played. I don't know. Did it do a lot other than piss off a bunch of people that now are going to use that as a reason to not watch you? 
I don't I don't know. So I don't do know you, if it was worth it or not. Do you think they gained any fans? Do you think there's another section of people who were no. passive fans no. who now say, "Wow, I really I really like this team. I really like the fact that they did this." Or do you think the the pendulum swings back the other way where you say that it alienated more people rather than grew their fan base. I think it alienated more people because I think most people in this country are tired of this stuff. I think when you couple that with everything that's going on in these cities, I think people are tired of it. You're tired of having it smashed in your face every day. If you're if you're on Twitter, no matter who you follow, it's getting one one side or the other is coming at you with this stuff constantly. I think people are just tired of it. They just wanted to watch sports. I, I really do. I you know, I think that a, the people that are the activist type of person, they don't watch the league anyway, and they're not going to watch it now because they're activists. They're doing that stuff. Um, The young people that follow the league that are in on this movement, yeah, they loved it. And those are the people on Twitter that were telling them what they did last week was great. It's, you know, the guy that sits in the first row, though, at the Fiserv, that guy's fifty or sixty, and he's most likely white. Most likely. let's let's just be honest. Fine. Um, those are the guys that you're gonna lose. The guys that buy the season ticket packages, the full season ticket packages. You know, they can sell ten packs. The Brewers can sell ten packs all they want. The Bucks can sell ten packs. They want people to buy full season ticket packages. That's what sells. So. I don't know. It'd be I. I wish I knew somebody in the Bucks organization that I could ask off the record. Like, you know, were you guys busy Thursday trying to talk people into not canceling? Mm-hmm. Were you busy overwhelmed because people wanted season tickets? Wh- I, which one was it? I got a guy. I'm curious to know. Send me some questions and I'll email him. You know, I, I, he's I, he's not, he's in ticket sales. I, I'm not saying we have to share it. I'm no, just I'm curious for not. my own. End. No, it's fine. You know, that, that's fine. Um, um, but I think the ratings have shown. This hasn't been great for them. I guess knowing what I know about politics, which isn't a lot because I don't like to dip my toe in it uh, on on either side of the aisle. I just try to avoid everything. I I think it's great, and I think it says something that they wanted to talk to the state attorney general. They wanted to talk to the lieutenant governor, and they wanted to, to see what they could do to get involved and how they could help affect change. But at the same time, when you see what's being done, at the government level, whether it's state or federal, just the fact that you make a couple of calls and ask what you can do because you're a professional athlete, I don't know that that's going to make a whole lot of difference. Right. Like, think about Lazarian Edens, right, that own the Bucks. They don't live here. They're not even citizens of this state. Yeah, they own a business that is run in Wisconsin, one of the larger businesses mm-hmm. in the state. That's it. That's their tie to the state. If they sold the Bucks tomorrow, they'd never set foot in Wisconsin again. So, you know, I don't know how they're going to get something. Like, I don't know what kind of pull they have. I no, don't know. I, I mean, I get that, but I still, to that point, I guess they've invested so much money in the community that now they have to care. They have to care about what's going on in this state because they run a big-ass business in this state. So, I mean, the well-being of that community would serve as a well-being for their business. That, to me, is a no-brainer in the fact, well, if it's turbulent 
around what we're doing and it's going to affect our business, we need to help the envi- that environment because it's also good for our bottom line. That's kind of a bad way to approach it because you're talking about money involved, but let's face it, money well, makes the world a around. lot of things revolve around Absolutely. money. So, I, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I get that, and I, I totally agree with you in the fact that if they didn't have this, nobody would care about Wisconsin. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but, but because they're owners, I, I think that they have to. Um, all right, let's move to the playoffs. As you had said it all along. Um, I told you this back in yes, October. You did. Yes, you did. That they were going to take care of whoever they were going to meet in the first round. And then you were really hoping to avoid the heat in the second round because that was going to be yep. a tough matchup. And lo and behold, they go out and they drop game one. And you and I were just talking beforehand. I watched a little bit of that. Um, uh, you know, Giannis barreled down the lane a couple of times, got called for some charges. He got called. He he got a, a lot of no calls. There were some bad shots, and the and the Heat just seemed to knock down everything that they threw at the hoop. And then you put Giannis at the line four for twelve, and just uh, third leading scorer in the team. Bad bad recipe all around, I guess. Yeah. Um. No blood, so yep. Sat out with what they called hamstring awareness. What is that? I don't know. It's it's this new. Is, is it a new? It's it's, it's, new, it's every, new medicine. Yeah, every sports in, in injury nowadays is like a state secret. You know, like just say he pulled his hamstring. Like, what the hell is the difference? Well, we're gonna is eventually or eventually we're gonna go to hockey, upper body, lower body, and then we're and we're just left to guess, right? So he, I don't know. so he's out. George Hill starts in his place, which is bad on two fronts. One because his head's not there. Um, I mean, let's just be frank about it. He, there, George Hill would pretty much rather be anywhere than where he is, I believe. Okay. Um, you can kind of tell by the Steve Novak talked about it the other night in the game. He just said you can tell by looking in George Hill's eyes that he is not engaged. Um, not saying he should be, but he's just not. Um, but that also screws up your bench because it throws your rotation out of whack. Now you've got to take your bench, your bench. Point guard, he's starting. Now all of a sudden, DiVincenzo's got to slide over and be your backup point. Throws everything out of whack a little bit. Um, this is just a really bad matchup for the Bucks, top to bottom. What makes it bad? Well, or they've got a lot of different guys that they can throw at Giannis individually. Um, they have a lot of team length defensively. They can they can bother Giannis and Middleton, who typically get to use their length against everybody else. Um, and then offensively, they have a ton of shooters, and they have a guy. They have two guys in Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic who can break down off the dribble. Well, what we saw last night, George Hill could not stay in front of Dragic. Dragic had twenty seven points. He was getting to the lane at will in the first half. I think he had nineteen in the first half. And then in the second half, they spread it out and let Jimmy Butler go one-on-one against Middleton. He was 7-for-7 seven seven against Chris in the second half, 4-4 four four in the fourth quarter, ends up with a career-high 40 points. Well, if you looked at the stats coming into the game, two guys that had been hurting the Bucks and had been really effective in the uh, first-round series against Indiana was Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. They had made a ton of threes. They had shot a really high percentage. During the game... They talked about it. Stan Van Gundy brought it up. The Bucks were really, really, really keyed in on those two guys, and especially that was Wes Matthews, mostly against Duncan Robinson. And then in the second unit, it was either Connaughton or DiVincenzo. 
chasing around Hero. And those guys didn't have a lot of good looks. Duncan Robinson banked one in to start. Hero made a couple late, but for the most part, he didn't get a lot of good looks. But what happened was over as the game kept going, the Bucks were chasing so much that the lane was open. Miami saw it, started going to the basket. I think they were like 25 for 27 from the line. Um, they got the Bucks in foul trouble, slowed the game down a little bit because the Bucks are at their best when they're running. They're not very good in the half court. They're just not. I mean, they don't really have a breakdown guy. I mean, as good as Giannis is, he's still seven feet. And it's hard for a guy seven feet from 40 feet from the basket to drive against a set defense. It's just, I don't care how good you are. It's tough. And, uh, you know, he was bad. Six turnovers, eight missed free throws. Gotten early foul trouble. Um, thankfully, Middleton and Lopez were great. Kept him in the game. You know, they did their job. Giannis didn't do his. You know, if Giannis plays a Giannis game, they win. And uh, it's... I'm not going to overreact to one loss. Um, you know, they lost to Orlando in the first round. They came back and were fine. Obviously, Miami's a much better team. Um, the Bucks are still firmly in this. They're, they've put themselves in a bad spot. It's going to be tough now to win four out of six. Um, but they just Giannis has just got to play better. I mean, his unfortunately, as much as I love the guy, he's not really shown up in the playoffs in big games. Yeah, he kicked the hell out of Detroit last year, and yeah, he's kicked the hell out of Orlando this year. Well, those were eight seeds. I was just going to say, it's the first round. You know, last year against Boston, he was good in a couple games. Against Toronto, he was good in a couple games. You're MVP, and you're a top five guy, and you're supposed to be the best guy on a championship team. you got to be a star every game. So are the Heat that good overall as a five seed? Are they Are they a better team than their seed would indicate, or is this just a bad matchup for Milwaukee, period, and that's where it ends. Well, the top, you know, two, three, and four are pretty close in the East, honestly. Uh, it's it's a bad matchup in Miami. Like, they're just, they're kind of like, uh, they're like us. They're like the Steelers in football or the Ravens. They're tough. They play one way, and it's hard all the time. Like, you have to beat them. They're not going to beat themselves. They're very, very well coached, um, they've, and they've got a nice roster. Like I said, they've got Jimmy Butler, who's their guy. But then they got like six or seven dudes that are just good. You know, like Jay Crowder's a good player, been on some really good teams. Drogic, been on really good teams, probably should have been an all-star a couple times. Adebayo's a really good young big guy. Robinson and Hero, so they got a good team. Um, a lot of the national pundits have picked them to win this series. Which isn't too surprising because national people all they're hate just, Milwaukee. I was just going to say, they're like, not even when they don't in. even have to go there to cover them, they still don't root for them. <laughs> I don't get it. I think it's because Giannis is foreign and they just want the American guys in there. But Jesus. I don't know, just a theory. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. Budenholzer, too, he's under a little heat. You know, they flamed out, la- they choked last year. Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. They should have won the title last year. You're up two to nothing. You win that series, everybody on Golden State got hurt, you're hoisting the trophy. Um, but Budenholzer had this problem in Atlanta, and now two years in a row with the Bucks, like his in-game adjustments aren't great. So I'll be interested to see tomorrow how they adjust, if maybe defensively 
instead of hugging those shooters as much as they did because they were so worried about the three, maybe you come off a little bit. They scored 42 points in the paint. And that's the Bucks are the best team in the league in, in controlling the paint. So they kind of got away from what they do, you know what I mean, because mm-hmm. they were so concerned about getting burned outside. I think you just got to go with who brought you to the dance, and that is packing the paint, daring teams to hit 18 threes and on if you. They do, if they do, so they do. Okay. If you got to score 125 to win, okay, you've got the firepower to do it. So, okay. um, Boston and Toronto on the other side. Celtics won that uh, game. They're playing as we record this right now. Last I checked, the Raptors were up 12. Um, that was about a half an hour ago. Um, I don't know. Any thoughts? About that series, I think that's going to go seven. Okay, uh, I think actually, I think both these series are going to go seven. Okay, um, all four of these teams are pretty evenly matched. They've got some individual matchups that they're going to, you know, take advantage of. But yeah, I think this is going to be a long series. Okay, Lakers are waiting for the Rockets and um, OKC. That's Boy. that's going to a seven game. I'm shocked. Really? Yeah. Thought, well, it was three to one. Houston Rockets are just going to cruise. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I, I give I give OKC credit. I mean, Chris Paul, I mean, he's just he's like Jimmy Butler. Like, those guys are just dogs. Like, they will just fight you to the death. You might beat them, but you got to earn it. And, you know, Chris Paul is playing his ass off, and um, the Rockets are in danger of the Westbrook-Harden experiment blowing up big time <laughs> in the first round. You've got another game seven, uh, Jazz and the Nuggets. That's later on tonight, right, as we record? Yeah. Is that right? And that's another crazy series. So Donovan Mitchell had 57 in game one, and then he had another 50-point game in the series. And Jamal Murray, his last three games, he's gone 50, 42, and 50 for Denver. I looked today, the, he did not score 40 one time all year. Well, you may, you brought this up on either our last episode or two ago about how the bubble is just—it's been very weird for players scoring. There, output. there have been some—I mean, even Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's been in the NBA for ten years and he has forty, and it's his playoff high. Right? You know, like I don't know. There's just been some offensive explosions down there. I don't know. I don't know if it's like all these. You know, hanging out with Mickey and, and Donald or <laughs> or what? I mean, they said Brooke Lopez was shooting like thirty-two percent from three during the season. Averaging 11 points a game. Since he's down in Disney, down where he feels at home, he's shooting like 50% from three, averaging 18 a game. Maybe it's where he should spend the offseason. He should sign with Orlando. <laughs> I mean, that's what he should do. So Denver and Utah, winner of that series, advances to face the Clippers, yep. as they have already uh, moved on. Any any other NBA stuff you just want to put a bow on before no, we not really. move I, on to baseball? You know, honestly, since the restart here after these guys sat out, I've watched the two Buck games, and I haven't watched much else. I figured you'd be you'd be glued. I, I've caught bits and pieces, okay. but it hasn't hasn't really sucked me in like okay. I was hoping it would. And I think the whole other stuff that's gone on put a little damper on it. Okay. Um, I mean, okay. It's, even before that happened, is it because of the fact that we didn't have sports for a while? And you got used to just not having stuff because there's a diehard Cub guy at work. I'm sorry, um, but I mean, we had a conversation to the break room the other day, and he's like, "Yeah, the games are on, and I just kind of forget, and I'm not really, not really interested because I've I went three months, four months, I packed it away in my brain, 
that we didn't have sports. And then when we did, it's like, oh, there's sports. But I've been doing all these other things, which I'm going to keep doing. And I'll maybe passively watch. It's not that he's not a fan anymore. It's not that he hates what's going on or anything. He's just... He's just not that dialed in. Do you think that speaks true of pretty much everybody that's a sports fan? I think to a lot of them it does. I mean, I was really dialed in on the NBA when it came back because mm-hmm. I'm a basketball junkie. Right. It's just what I do. Um, I We've talked about it before. I've had a really hard time getting into the Brewers. There's been a lot of nights where somebody will shoot me a text about uh, you something. You did with me. It's like, and I and I'll watching. look at my phone no. and it's 8 o'clock and I'm like, oh, shit, the Brewers are on. You know, I kind of forget and I'll. I'll, it'll be the fourth inning by the time I remember they're on. Um, I honestly, I think uh, everybody underestimated a little bit how important the fans were, and because these games aren't that fun. Like I, lo- I love watching basketball, just the game, like because I'm weird that way. It's like, you know, you're kind of like that way with football. You right. just, like, forget all the other shit that's going Doesn't around. To me. You just want to watch the game, that's and it. that's kind of how I am. But with baseball, I don't know. It's just, it, it's, more it's of an not environmental that fun. Thing. Like, Sogard hits that walk-off the yeah, other there's night. There's nobody there. It just was like, oh, all right, they won. <laughs> you know, like, it wasn't, like, there wasn't anything super cool about it. Right. There's nobody there. It's right. just 25 dudes getting excited. I don't so know. So if, if it gets to the point where we have opening day and we have a normal 2021 for all sports, let's say, mm-hmm. um, and it start, it'll start with baseball um, or basketball will still be going on depending yeah, on know. what That's kind what of schedule is, yeah, is happening. Let's just for the sake of argument say that all these places and these arenas and stadiums are going to allow fans mm-hmm. with – so much dialed back enthusiasm. Do you think that fans are going to be in a rush to go experience these things live, or do you think it will be a gradual buildup where, oh yeah, maybe we can go to a game, I suppose? Well, I think that depends on how far along we are in the vaccination process. Okay. I think if they find a vaccine in November... It'll be different than if they find it in February because okay. more people will have been inoculated and would be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be there on opening day because I haven't missed one since 97 other than this year, and right. they didn't have it. So um, I don't know, man. I think I think there's going to be people, whether these players or these people in the media want to hear it or not, there are going to be people that are going to say, screw off to baseball for all this social justice stuff. We're going to see it in a couple weeks. There's going to be people that are going to say screw off to the NFL, and there's already been some that have said it to the NBA. That's just the way it is. Now, do those people get replaced by other people that have wanted to kind of get in? You know, if like, you know, Red Sox games are always sold out, if – you know, a thousand people say, "Screw it, I'm not renewing my season tickets." Are there just—is it like the Packers, or there's just people that are like, "I'll take them." Still selling. You know out. what I mean? Yes. Like they yep. don't care. Absolutely. But in smaller markets like a Milwaukee or a Kansas City, does that matter more? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Just kind of curious. Speaking of the Brewers, um, they sat out uh, a game versus the Reds. Cincinnati was on board with that. Um, what? I was just like, I kept hearing that. I'm like, well, what if they weren't? Then what? I don't know. Do they go out and like well, play Ghostman on first? If you, 
<laughs> remember, remember right. that? We're just going to... Pitcher's well, hand? Right. Pitcher's hand only in right field? going to have... Yeah, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know what... Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, it's but so it, weird. I thought it was odd as well that there were pockets of games... I know, right? There were like six or seven a night that didn't yeah, play. Like the the Yankees played somebody on ESPN that night. The Mets. Yeah, and I was just like, "Wow!" So do they not care? And but, I mean, I I'm just but then joking. The next night they didn't play. Yeah, and I'm just joking. Right. And then, but then the next night they, the Brewers did. played a doubleheader. Right. So again, like you know, the sitting out was kind of like, "Yeah, we're with you, but we're still playing." Yeah. We feel like we have to do this. Right. That's it. Just solidarity, Milwaukee community. Great. Yeah. Let's schedule two. Right. Couldn't win two, though. Couldn't even win one. Oh, man, that was a bad day of baseball. Um, 16 and 18, that's heading into tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, they got swept at Pittsburgh, which yeah, was, that was the brutal. That was the, that, uh, I don't. That was they, about as low as they could get. Well, they score one run in two games at one point, I think, too. Mm-hmm. And then one of the games, they only had one hit. Yeah. Hugh Harry Doyle, one, one goddamn, goddamn hit. hit. Yeah. Um, and then they split two. Uh, two and two with the Reds, and then they finally won three out of four with the Pirates, and now they got two with Detroit, and then they're at Cleveland for three. Um, I, it's tough for me with this baseball season because I was not watching the Brewers for the last season and a half, and I wanted to watch the Brewers, but my cable and satellite service didn't allow me to. Mm-hmm. So I was I listened to the radio, I watched online, you know, and, and just check the box score, but I felt very detached from the team. So I was really excited to be able to watch baseball just to watch the Brewers again. Now, like you said, there's no fans, so you're missing that ambiance, and the team's not very good. So it's like I get really pumped to be able to watch them again, and I got about a 500 team. Yeah. Sub 500. Yeah. So it's that, that kind of chaps me a little bit, but again... It speaks to your analysis of them in the offseason of going bargain hunting. You know, not re-signing a couple of guys for a little bit of money more than the guys they were replaced with. And it seems to have a bigger impact, I think, than... Maybe not. Maybe we're not hearing anything from Stearns. But it seems to have a bigger impact than was forecast. With... Would that be accurate? He, well, or, certainly. Or did he know uh, what he was getting? Into? Well, certainly at the plate, it has. Right. I mean, their hitting has been woeful. Um, I mean, <laughs> what do they got? Four or five dudes hitting over two hundred. That's it. Yeah. It's not much. No. It's like Arcia, Hira, and a couple other dudes that don't play every day. Midweek last week, they had the third worst batting average in the National yeah, League. Yeah, it's it's been brutal at the plate. Um, I don't know. You know, people would point to. Grandall and Mustakis, who aren't having particularly good years this year themselves, as as justification for not signing them. But you can't you can't say that because if you put them back in a lineup that they're comfortable with in a place they're comfortable, you never know. But can you judge anything on this season by how quickly things had to be ready and a and a big pause well, and then hurry up and get ready again and then go? I mean, everybody's on the same. Uh, you know, they're they're on a level playing field. I get it. Why has this team? I like to always, especially when it came to sports and, like, when I played, like, I always kind of prided myself. Like, I'm not excuse guy. Like, if you beat me, you beat me. Like, I'm not going to cry about it that we got fouled too much or whatever. But also nobody's going to outwork you but, either, either. No, but my, my point is, like, I've heard and read 
all this, well, we didn't have a spring training. Well, we had the long layoff. Well, it's a small sample size. I don't care. It's You're playing. The games count. Yeah, it's a short season. But you know what? Uh, you don't get to have two months in April and May to warm up. you got to be ready to go. Um, you know, unfortunately, we've seen a few guys get injured um, on the Brewers. You know, Knable mm-hmm. obviously coming back from the arm surgery. Now he's got leg problems. That's why they sent him down. Um, you've seen some guys underperform, like a Lauer. He was so bad they had to send him down. Brock Holt, they just you got know, rid Brock of him. Brock Holt was so bad they just flat out got rid of him. Logan Morrison, they just got rid of these guys. So um, there's not there there's no time to wait for you. You know, are you going to be a guy that is ready to go or not? And like you know, you look at some of the leaderboards in the National League at the guys that are up there, and it's Tatis Jr., Machado. Bats, Trout, the Stars. And it's unfortunate that Yelich, you know, and I'm not saying he wasn't ready to go. He's just not hitting the ball for whatever reason. Me personally, as as an amateur hitting coach watching these games, (laughs) I think he's trying to lift the ball and hit too many home runs. I think when he first came to Milwaukee and was known more as that that level swing contact guy, and he just was naturally... Driving the ball because most a lot of Yelich's homers were liners. Correct. Now it just appears like he's fallen into that trap, and maybe this is organizational philosophy. Maybe they're coaching this. It just seems to be a lot more swings and misses with him because of uh, more of an uppercut on his swing. Um, but regardless, this is just a very inconsistent offense. They'll get nine ones run night one night. They get one hit the next. Um, Partly it's because the players are inconsistent players. Partly it's because they get inconsistent playing time. I think it's very hard to ask a guy in a short season to play twice a week and expect him to produce. It's hard enough during a regular season, but when you're constantly doing that to these guys, it's it's tough. Um, and then they do weird stuff like Jerko hits two homers and then the oh next God. day they don't play him. Right. Like, what? you got to get somebody else swings. But we talked about that at the beginning of the season. There's so many guys. but And even then when we talked about it, it was like we got to see which one of these guys has the hot hand. And then we got to ride him for however long that hot hand lasts. Guy hits two homers. He's got a hot hand. Let's wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's not in the he line. Was, he I, wasn't tired. I thought, bro, couldn't have been. You know, he doesn't play enough to be tired. Right. Exactly. So, Didn't need a day off. You know, spare me the, well, you know, he doesn't really hit righties that well when they throw a curveball at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Great. Thanks. You love your Jesus. your advanced metrics and analytics. Yeah, it really, really works. You know what works? <laughs> Having good players. That's what works. <laughs> Sorry. Um, they did one deal at the trade deadline, and even though there were swirling rumors about Josh Hader, and um, apparently I read and I heard, I listened to Council and Stern's talk um, from comments from yesterday uh, at the end of the deadline was that they were in conversations with various teams for a hitter, uh, for a bat, uh, right up until about five minutes before the deadline and then nothing went through. But the only thing they did was trade David Phelps uh, to the Phillies for three lower-level prospects, yep. which... To be named later that they can't correct. even name yet. So. Right, because they don't know who they want yet. Well, and there's or, some there's some rule that they can't name them until, like, July or so, or or no, January, I think. Oh, really? Like that, is, it, but, is that what it is? Yeah. 
Okay. Stearns came out and said he has a pretty good idea of who it's going to be, but they, they just can't say it for whatever well, reason. And you and I were talking before we started taping. It's like these are the things. You you brought up a very good point about the fact that Devin Williams has been, you know, very, very good this year. You've got basically your setup guy right mm-hmm. now for Hader, who, you know, the the five walks or whatever. Anomaly. That was an anomaly. Yeah, that anomaly. was just crazy. So you got Williams. You said Canable comes back and hopefully healthy. You got another guy to plop right in there. Phelps became the guy that you didn't really need. Yeah, he was a little redundant down there. You had those three guys, whatever order you put them in, there's your seven, eight, nine in a perfect world. So, um, yeah, you know, those are the kind of trades that you, you got to do once in a while. Um, you know, everybody would like to get a name back that you're going to know, but even if it wasn't players to be named later, it'd still be minor leaguers you don't know. Well, right, and are you really going to trade somebody pivotal to a playoff team who's trying to win the World Series Who's going to give you anything of value back for the well, future? Well, and I think the Brewers are still—they're still trying to make the playoffs. Of course, and and you can so with a five hundred record, right. you're in play for sure. With with the expanded, you you, you mentioned we, you know, we mentioned Williams. He's been one of the positives. This yeah, he's season. been great. Josh Hader doesn't even have a hit yet, even though he's got an ERA. Yeah, figure that out. Right, and then RC has been leading the team in batting after they, he traded for a guy. They wanted to replace him with. I just love the irony there because he came out in the first game and he started smacking the ball everywhere. He's like, get rid of me. Well, like somebody told me last night, he just needed to be pushed. He had nobody there. He was playing ahead of Hernan Perez. Hernan Perez was not pushing Arcia to be his best. Urias pushes him and Sogard and the the glut of infielders they have. Um, And, you know, I'm sure his agent is telling him that his name is being lobbied about in trade talks, um, and guys usually don't like that. So well, he's building up his value. If yeah, that's the case, he, he's he's had a nice season. I mean, I've been I've just been very very impressed with Devin Williams. Um, they talked last night. Uh, some of the coaches just said he was a different guy when they came back after the break. Um, just had a little more zip on his fastball. Just a little better, a little better command. He reminds me a lot of Jeffress. From a couple of years ago, he's got that fastball change-up combo. When he can get those over for strikes, he's almost unhittable. So um, nice find for the crew with that one. And then, you know, here is starting to hit, which is good. You're never really too worried about his bat. It's the other parts of the game. It's the throwing and the catching that's a little tough for him. Yeah. But, uh, it's you know, it's nice to see him start to get going a little He's bit. He's flashed some good plays. Either it was in the game yesterday or the day before where he had a flat-out dive to his left, full extension to snag a hit that was going to be in the hole, and he knocked that down and threw the guy out, and it was one of those like, whoa. Yeah, why, didn't, but, why, why don't you do that all the time? Why can't you do that with some of the routine stuff? He's, he's just... He's this era's Ricky Weeks, man. R- the, R- Ricky was a little suspect in the field, but so he, he can hit. Bat keeps up. Yeah. I, I think you have to keep putting. I just him look at there. Hira. You know, he's gonna be he's gonna be a two seventy hitter, and you hope he's gonna hit you close to thirty bombs right. and drive in ninety runs. Mm-hmm. That's that's what you hope. You know, that's an all star caliber second and not baseman. Kill you in in the and, right, not kill you in the field. Uh, the negatives we already talked about the inconsistent hitting. Um, I didn't know they had only seven quality well, starts. Yeah, so they've they've played thirty four games. They've got seven quality starts. Um, I was then told that there's like that's actually like middle of the pack in baseball oh, right now because okay. nobody apparently has much good starters pitching. weren't ready to 
bear the full load, or is that is that the trend that we're going? I now? think it's a little of both. Um, you know, a lot of protecting of these guys. I mean, the Brewers really only have two guys in Woodruff and Hauser that they will allow past the fifth. And of these seven quality starts, Woodruff's got three of them. So um, I don't know. I just found that kind of interesting. I, you know, if they were going to make a move, I thought that might be a move. I know as much as their their offense has been struggling um, to maybe go out and get another arm uh, uh to put into that rotation, I thought might be something to look at. Lindblom's been a disappointment. He's got an ERA over six. It's you know you're not you're not facing Tom Selleck and Mr. Baseball anymore. <laughs> you're actually facing Major League Baseball hitters, so you can't get you can't allow yourself to get smacked around as much. But oh my God. Um, hopefully Burns coming into the rotation. Hopefully he can get something going because if he can establish himself as a starter, that would be huge. Freddie Peralta keeps doing Freddie Peralta stuff. One night he's lights out, but it's the, same. the next night it's just like it's the same with, with Burns. We've t- that's yeah. two seasons in a row now. You've had great expectations for the guy coming into the starting rotation, and it's like we do. We got to take you out of there. Yeah, we gotta. Well, they're giving him another shot, so hopefully he all makes right. the most of it. All right, that's uh, that's about all we got for baseball. That was um, pretty reasonably positive, I think, considering are you there trying, are you two still, games under five hundred. Still trying to go the positive. Well, trade, I'm doing huh? my best. Okay. Yeah. Um, Just giving the people what they want. <laughs> Nine days until opening night for isn't the that, NFL. Isn't that wild? It really is. Because it feels like the, it should be 90. All of a sudden, it's just going to be here. Yeah. And you're like, wait, there's football? Because we haven't had this ramp up of preseason games and all you've had. And, and I think most people are like you while being football fans. You don't get invested too heavily into training camp and following position battles and, you know, listening and reading stuff and whatever. That's that's usually for, for the diehards. You take a little away from a preseason game because somebody flashed a statistic. You're like, ooh, okay, a couple of weeks until the season. But it's like now that it's just training camp and then boom, opening night, you kind of just wait for that and then you're surprised that it's already here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you've got who's who's the don't, first game? The Texans, Texans and Chiefs, and the, and the Chiefs on Thursday. That's a great opener. Don't you kind of feel like about the first three or four weeks though of the season are going to be bad football? Because we kind of saw that a little bit last year, and that was with four was, weeks of preseason. But that was with a lot of teams didn't play anybody. But is that the, also a trend? Is that where we're going? I don't know. You well, know what we'll, I mean? we'll we'll have to see if it you know do the first. Two to four games of the regular season turn into the de facto warm up preseason yeah, right. for the actual starters. You know what I mean? Right. Because even if they go back, like you say, to two or four preseason games in the future, I don't see teams playing their stars much, if at all, because there's series, really not a lot of points. Yeah, two, one series maybe. You know, get out there, get a live defense. Yeah, get your scripted plays out of the way, and then let, hit, let and the then, lineman hit somebody right. else. That's about it. Right. Yeah, you know? no, that's right. But and, and it's that's a it's a tough spot to put yours and my teams in because you've got big division games to open with. Bears got the Lions. They got to figure out a quarterback, and the Packers are at the Vikings. Who just got better, mm-hmm. especially on defense. So it's like you can't afford to start slow and just have, well, we didn't have any preseason. Well, if you didn't play anybody to begin with, then why aren't you full go right out of the gate? You would think that the teams that have been together the longest, this would benefit. 
Right. You know, I saw Aaron Jones came out and said something today like they feel much more comfortable in year two of that offense, and that makes sense. Right. You know, teams like that that have got some continuity under their belt, I would think, especially early in the season, mm-hmm. um, you know, offensively and defensively, because, you know, right. d- d- you can't just throw a bunch of defensive guys on the field and expect to, to shut people down. So um, that'll be interesting to watch. Um Montgomery, the Bears, running back two to four weeks with a groin. Sounds like they really dodged a bullet there. Yeah, go no, they were talking yeah, it like was, major injury yep. for a while, yep. and apparently the Bears have a, a converted wide receiver at running back, Cordero Patterson. Oh, yeah. How's that experiment going to go? Not, well, not well. How do they usually go? Not well. So then what are we doing? He played a little bit last year in some short yardage stuff, but... You know, yeah, they got him and Tariq Cohen, who's just too small to run the ball more than eight to ten times on a couple of draw plays. Okay, so so now you're going to depend on your quarterback, which you don't even know who it's going to be. I don't know the financial ramifications of it, but I would certainly hope the Bears put in a claim on Leonard Fournette. Right? Nobody did on day one. Yeah. He went today unclaimed. Boy, I mean, that is, whether whether you like him or not, long term, that's, I mean, that's, that's a ne- pretty solid guy to bring in for a year, as a, especially if you've got a hurt back. Right, and and let's say he goes four weeks. There's a there's a thirty year season for sure. Might want to take a might want to take a flyer there. And you know that's the kind of back really historically that the Bears have done well with. I know, I don't know that he necessarily fits their offense, but whenever the Bears have had a real life running game with an actual <laughs> you know. Three yards in a cloud of dust kind of running back on that sloppy-ass field in the wintertime. They've been good. I remember those days. They've been good. You saw it when they had, of course, when they had Peyton and the Neil Anderson years. You saw it recently when they had Thomas Jones and Benson. Um, Forte, even he wasn't necessarily the three yards in a cloud of dust, but they, they would give him the ball a lot. Right. You know, and those are the times when the Bears have been good. It's not when they chuck it around. That's when you start Cutler and Trubisky, and it's like that's no. Look, look at these people. Come on. Well, the the wide receiver group is uh, that's about as big a question mark. And I don't know how many tight ends they still have. I'll be curious to see how many they have when they cut down to fifty three on Saturday. But um, the quarterback thing made me chuckle uh, over the weekend when I read it yesterday that Nagy was not going to name a starter right up. But like. So there's n- going to be no talk out of camp of who's running with the ones next week on apparently, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Yeah. I mean, apparently to this point, it's been like fifty-fifty. Yeah. Yes. So. So what? I will be shocked if it's not Trubisky. I think that they're going to give him every opportunity to, you know, play well. And you know what? Frankly, I think he deserves it. People is. They went twelve and four two years ago and should have won their playoff game against the Eagles, and they they would have been in the conference championship game, or no, they would have been in the divisional round. So, I mean, yeah, he wasn't very good last year, but that team was a disaster. Everybody got hurt early. They just fell apart. Um, they played a tougher schedule. I don't. I I just they just had a bad year. I think. I think they're going to give him the opportunity the first couple of games. Um, to see what he can do, and and then, you know what? That's where Nagy. You know, if if after four weeks you're one and three, that's a you're done. Trubisky's got to sit because Nagy now is coaching for his ass, right? Because and you got to do whatever you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. Yep. And if and if it ends up being Nick Foles, so be it. 
Okay. I, I don't really care who it is. No, I can't. I, I mean, I, I, you would prefer it was Trubisky. He's younger. You invested more in him. Right. He's your no. He's the guy yes. who you were going to build your franchise around. But if it doesn't end up being him, it doesn't end up being him. You got to move on. You got to know when to cut those losses. As far as the uh, the Packers go, there's there's not much really to yeah, talk about. I didn't know. I just no, threw that, it down. No, no, there's not. I mean, it's you know, I, I follow all the beat writers and I I check every day. You know, for practice and and the 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 main names that I've seen thrown out on offense are Devontae Adams, Valdez Scandling, and um, Alan Lazard at at receiver. Um, it's hard to judge the running game when there's no tackling. You know, you can't say, "Well, this is going to be really so." Well, you're not getting hit by anybody. You know what I mean? I mean, you got bar tag where it's basically a good stiff hit and then leave it. You don't go to the ground or anything. So I mean, it's hard to it's hard to judge that. You just hope Aaron Jones will have a season um, like he did last year, but then that'll make him really hard to sign uh, after they just drafted AJ Dillon. The the talk about Jordan Love not performing well and like the the B word hasn't been thrown around because I don't. It's not really fair. He had too early. Yeah, he had no orientation. Yeah. There was no OTAs. He's not getting you can't work even with hardly. You can't no. even judge this year. And, and that's what think. I mean. So I saw that thrown around. I'm like, why is that even being reported? Yeah, because it kind does stir up something. Yeah, that's it. On defense, you've got Kenny Clark being disruptive. Rashawn Gary, their draft pick from last year, um, apparently looks great and runs great, and everybody's excited about him. Zadarius Smith, when he plays, um, is an animal and apparently this rookie Kamal Martin the the linebacker I've been reading he could start as a rookie over Oren Burks who's just been injured for the last couple of years Christian Kirksey who they signed in the offseason he looks okay uh, I haven't really heard anything about the secondary so that's been basically it you would think that offensively they'd be okay like we talked about with the continuity well, the offensive line is going to be a question because yeah. you, you you've got you know you've had to replace Brian Bulaga. You signed Rick Wagner to bring in there. He got hurt and he missed about four practices. Mm. So they shift Billy Turner, who played guard, to right tackle, who's been doing okay. And Lane Taylor is back after being uh, out all, almost all of last year. He's been doing really good at guard. So now, do you put Wagner back in there? Do you slide Turner back? I mean. I don't know what the right side of the offensive line is going to look like in uh, in in front of Rodgers, but you're right though. You should be better just from a continuity standpoint. Yeah, I I would just you know defensively, can the Smiths have? I mean, they had great years last year. Yes, can they duplicate that again? And then yeah, do a couple of these young guys step up? Does um, you know does uh, Alexander become? a lockdown true number one right. corner instead yep. of, you know, Kevin King just talking about it. You know, <laughs> it, proof's in the pudding, you know, because yep. the last memory that that football fans have is of that defense getting shredded. Absolutely. You know, Can you by stop the, the run? Can you stop the run now? So, so we'll I, see I don't what know. happens we'll see. with that. You already talked about Fournette being cut by the Jaguars, Did, which is just, I don't understand what's happening down there. I don't get it. I heard Tim Hasselbeck say it, and he and it couldn't have been said better. He said they're going to start a sixth round quarterback this year down there. I think that's what Minshew, Minshew was. was. He said normally when you do that in the NFL, you then surround him with a bunch of people that make him better. He goes, they're not doing that in Jacksonville. They've done the opposite. Yeah. So they're. It's almost like they're tanking already. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which who who are you going to go get, Lawrence? I I don't know. You just drafted Minshew and you're starting him. 
And now you're going to say, well, piss off? Yeah, they they I mean, I get it. They'd walk him, they'd drive but, him to the airport, but <laughs> it's just bizarre that you would put that kid in that spot. I mean, that's a possible like 1 in 15 type of roster. For sure. And then the kid they traded, the, the defensive player they traded yeah, with the Ngaku, Vikings. Yeah. yeah. And and he he left 5 million dollars on the table just to get the hell out of there. His franchise tender was 17 point something and he signed a 12 million dollar deal with Minnesota just to leave. Like that's how important it was for him to get out of Jacksonville. Wow. And now you've There's got something there's got to be something going on down there. And now you've got the Vikings who have Daniel Hunter on one side and Ngaku on the other side. I think I heard they don't have from 2011 to 2018 they don't have any, none of their number 1 picks are still on their roster. The Jaguars? Yeah. That that wouldn't surprise me in like, the least. That tells you everything you need to know. That's just a mess. That is a mess. And then uh, Derwin James out for the season, safety out uh, with. I still want to call it San Diego. I know. Um, for for the Chargers, that's that's. I saw a couple of comments on that because he's a real, real good young yes, player. Yes, he is. A and, guy that I really thought the Packers were going to take a couple yeah. years ago in the draft. And then did you see this thing with Kamara? I now? just saw it like about an hour or two ago. Unbelievable. What is what is that? He and his agent apparently thought that they were making progress. And now the Saints are saying, well, we're open We're open to hearing offers for him, but we're also open to re-signing him. Well, which is... I don't understand teams like this. I, Th- that, that, that's the same kind of thing that would piss me off if I was a Packer fan. You've got a 41-year-old quarterback in Drew Brees. Your window, there's it's barely, barely cracked open correct. still. Yep. And you're going to trade... What, the third, fourth best running back in football and your second best player? Aren't these the aren't these the two few seasons that you go all in, like yes. you said? Surround them with the best possible sure. roster that you worry can. Worry about the luxury tax when you have to worry about the luxury tax. That's what you pay the people in the front office for. Put the right players on the field to win right now. Worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But that's not how NFLs run, man. Nope. And it's crazy that it's always, always, always the running back, man. They just do not value that position nope. anymore. Isn't that something? Know. When we were kids, when Who, you would open your football card packs. Who'd you want? You wanted that 1,000-yard rushing card? Correct. That was the guy. Who? It was Peyton and Dickerson yep. and you know, Emmett Smith. Those were a lot Barry of the jerseys and, you wanted oh, too. Yeah. You know, you there were a couple quarterbacks that you wanted, but there were more running backs oh, yeah. that that you were like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, but now I so I don't know what's happening with that. I'm just I'm excited to watch football. Um I kind of am too, but some of the things that we've heard are going to be going on with right. the games. Um we won't get into that cuz we don't have all the info. That'll start trickling out in the next couple days, but um not everybody's going to like that. No. There, there's a there's a particular part of the fan base that uh, again you will have uh, a segment that will be alienated. That's right. And when all you've got this year, pretty much for the at least the first quarter or first half of the year, is television ratings. You need people to watch, and if people ain't watching, that's going to be bad. Have they come out and said one way or the other with the fans yet? Most. Or is that up to is that up to each individual state? I think it's I think it I think it is for the most part. Well, they should all go play in South Dakota then. They don't give a shit what you do up there for the Poon Everybody pies. was up there for Sturgis, or is that? Yeah, that's South yeah, Dakota. That's yeah, right. yep. yeah. Everybody was up there for Sturgis. They yep. don't give a shit. Can't wait till we start our franchise. The Poon Tang Pies up there. That's going to be great. Our mascot will just be a pie tin. <laughs> 
Um, college football. It Good was Lord. Badgers were supposed to play Friday. They were supposed to play Indiana. This was this was the opening game of of college football this weekend for the most part. Um, and what's happening in the Big Ten can only be described as an utter clown show. Is you've got players from one school who think that they are Nebraska in much better standing in the conference than everybody else thinks they are, uh, suing their own school or suing the conference, I should say, for the conference not going by its governing doctrine in making them third-party beneficiaries to playing college football so that they can possibly go earn a living as a professional. So you are hurting my career. You are going to cost me money by not playing. And they don't want compensation monetarily. They want to play. They want to up their stock. They want to go play professionally. And now you've got the president talking to Kevin Warren saying, you need to go play. The president of the United States, Correct. not the president of the NCAA. No. Yeah. The big chief, the commander in chief is saying, we got to get the Big Ten to go play football. And I, I, I read a couple of things where he said, you know, we're at the one yard line, we're close. And the presidents and the chancellors would be like, I don't know what he's talking about because it still has to come down to a vote and none of us really are ready to reverse it right now. Yeah, and unfortunately... The Big Ten looks like... Yeah, unfortunately, it, it, it again, politics get, is getting oh, yeah. dragged in because, yes. because if the president wants it, then the university heads that are against the president, they automatically don't want it. It's so, gonna be a it's gonna be a dig your heels in for type, sure. type situation. And and Trump at the end of the day has no power in no, this. No, no, absolutely so, not. So, you know, those those people could do whatever they want. I mean, I did hear today that the vote was eleven to three. Yep. And Iowa, Nebraska, and Ohio State were the three that voted to play. They didn't make that public, but that is the thought because those are the only three schools that Dan have Patrick been, reported it. That have been against that. Yeah. Dan Patrick pretty much reported it as like fact. So he's pretty he's pretty trustworthy when it comes to that. But yeah, I, they look really pretty incompetent with how they've handled everything. And now to to I would have more respect for them if they just stuck to their guns. But now the fact that they're coming out and being wishy washy about January, it, January something like that, no. start earlier than later. I I don't know. I don't I don't know because because you've got the SEC. You've got the Big 12, you got the ACC. Full steam ahead conference schedule. We're mm-hmm. playing. You guys can do whatever you want in the Pac-12 and the and and the Big 10. We we're we're doing our own thing. And now we look like a bunch of a bunch of bums. Yeah. Yeah. And you know the people want to watch football, yes. man. And yes, they do. they're going to watch the hell out of the SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC when Oklahoma and Texas play, the ratings are going to be nuts. When Alabama and Auburn or Alabama and LSU play, or when Clemson plays Florida State, those, those games are going to be nuts. And and if they end up putting fans in the stands down there, which will not surprise me if no, they do. Of course it won't. Um, yeah, the Big Ten's going to be standing there holding their ass going, what did we do? Again, I I just I just get this feeling. and, and I, it's, it's Do you a, think this will impact recruiting? I think it has to. Do you, do you think a kid 
if if a kid going into his last year, his final two schools, he was an offensive lineman, and his final two schools were LSU and Ohio State or Wisconsin. Is he sitting there going, "Man, Big Ten's weak. I want to go down there and play. They're tough. That's a good. That's a. I don't know. I don't know. That's a great. Point. I, I'm not 18 anymore. I right. don't know how they think now. I just, you know, does that matter? I don't know. I would love to talk to a recruit who's put in that situation, yeah. and and even no pandemic. Give me your top two schools. Let's just say LSU and Ohio State, and you are from, let's just say Kentucky. You're right in the middle. Right in the middle. Where do you go and why? I would love to know that. Yeah. I would love to know the ins and outs. How did they sell you that there's the place to go? And I don't want to talk to the guy that goes, well, you know, my mom really liked the assistant <laughs> coach, and, oh, well, you know, my girlfriend goes to college no. there already. I don't want to hear that. No. I want the football reasons. Right, or the campus right. reasons. Why are or, you going? Right. Why Why are you? Because you've got two of the top five schools year in and year out that want you. What's the difference? What's making the call for you? And then on top of that, now you're sitting there, and one of them is, is going playing, to play, right. and the other is saying, well, no, we don't really think we should. Well, then I think I probably want to go what gets me my best I choice don't know, right? to move on. And because who's to pro. say that this doesn't carry on? We don't know. No, We, we have no idea what the future holds. Well, and that's, and that's what's going to be interesting, because now you've got these three out of the five powers that are playing – Pretty much a full season, not totally, with just in-conference. And you're going to have a shortened season again for the Big Ten or the Pac-12 if they go to the spring. What is that going to do for the other schools to give them a leg up when they have a longer rest period before next fall? And the Big, yeah, Ten's, right. and, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 got to have a quick turnaround. Right. What does that do for recruiting and training and whatever then when you've got to play everybody else? On top of it. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's all, all I know is that the Big Ten just looks kind of foolish. Um, and I don't know what they can do to fix it. But like you said, either stick to your guns or come out and say you made a colossal mistake. But I don't think that that's going to happen because it's going to so, fly. No, people in power don't admit mistakes. It's going to fly in the face of uh, recommendations from doctors, university chancellors, and presidents yeah. were going to be put on the spot. I just think that they made a mistake by unilaterally not trying. That's because, what I think. Because I think at the end of the day, you they they can sit there and say, well, what if we'd have played and everybody got sick? Okay, that's fair. What if you played and they didn't? Right. That's what we don't know. So... Is it worth the gamble? What if what if nobody what if the SEC plays and it's fine? And then And the then Big all Ten of a sudden thing. now you gotta play by yourself in the spring. Right. And you're going up against baseball, basketball, and college basketball in college basketball's prime season. Well not only that, you're Ohio State, you just cost me a shot at the at the college right. football playoff for a national championship. So what am I even playing for? To win the Big Ten? Who cares? Ohio State doesn't care about winning the Big they Ten. They want to win the national That's championship. Right. All right, well, we'll see where that goes. That is the intentional foul for this week. Um, had a, a pretty good listener base last week, so yeah. hopefully we can uh, ho- hopefully we can uh, hopefully they don't all leave after this week after the first 10, 15 minutes or so. <laughs> I think we were fine. I nah, were fine. If anybody doesn't like it, well, they know where to find me. <laughs> you can find him on Twitter uh, and me as well. So uh, thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing. If you do, and uh, feedback is always welcome. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. Thank you, and we will talk to you next time. Go Bucks, get a hit, Brewers.